So last night at our potluck fellowship dinner, we got to hear the great story that I know many of you have heard before of the stone soup. And it's a story about a soup that starts out with a magic stone that is brought into town by a mysterious stranger, a town in which everyone feels that they're poor and have nothing to eat, and yet the stranger comes in with the magic stone and says that this is going to be stone soup and starts cooking the stone and stirring the pot and then invites everyone to bring what they have and they come and bring something. Just kind of like the bucket story too. They bring a carrot, an onion, maybe some spices from China. And then pretty soon this soup becomes very tasty and everyone has enough. What a great story. I know that as insightful listeners, you soon figure out that the real magic is not in the stone. And what we realize as we hear the story is that what we might call magic, if we wish, is in the sharing. And that becomes clear as we hear this story. When people share, then new possibilities really emerge that did not seem to be possible before. Things happen that couldn't have happened without that sharing. That's a different kind of magic. It's a magic that does not require a miracle in the traditional sense, but it requires us, as the Dalai Lama says, extending ourselves towards each other in community. There are lots of other stories like this in other traditions. Uh, our church takes part in a community meals program, Sandy mentioned it, called Loaves and Fish, where about 250 to 300 people enjoy a lunch together at First United Methodist Church every Saturday. And it's, we participate in that as well, extending ourselves into work shared with other religious communities. And of course, almost everybody knows the original loaves and fishes story of a large crowd of people gathered to hear the prophet Jesus speak. And as the story goes, after the speech, the disciples go around and collect food and there's only, there's only five loaves of bread and two fish, but Jesus blesses it this is the magic stone part right here. And then somehow, after all that, there's enough to feed everybody, and they have a whole lot left over, just like we had stuff left over last night. So that's a story that is usually told as a miracle story. But I think that story works just as well, and personally works better for me as, as a sharing story as well. It's a stone soup story. Because we think we don't have anything, all we have is a few pieces of bread, and then this sharing goes on, and somehow there's plenty for everyone. The magic is in the spirit of sharing and the spirit of compassion. Look, it's my book is a similar kind of story. It really is. 
People share resources together and give books to all these kids. Our church recently started a program called Snack Pack, where we're preparing uh, packages of snacks for kids in District 150 to take home over the weekend. These all have a similar theme. By sharing resources, we create something that did not exist before. It didn't exist, but it's created. The Dalai Lama, whose book Beyond Religion is such a wonderful treatise on this subject, says it this way. He says that compassion depends upon two basic truths. Two basic truths. One of them is that everyone wants to be happy. That everyone wants to be happy. And the other one is that our lives are interdependent with other lives. Our lives are interdependent with other people's lives. So consider just when we're born as human beings, we're completely dependent on others to keep us even alive for quite a few years. I mean, nobody would make it on their own. So we are constantly interdependent with the needs and the resources of other people. So if everyone wants to be happy and it's an interdependent world, then the best way to be happy is to help others be happy too. So this is the conclusion he comes to. Uh, Robert Ingersoll, the famous uh, agnostic who lived in Peoria says something similar. He says, the time to be happy is now, the place to be happy is here, the way to be happy is to make others happy. Exactly the same thought. That's what works best in the world. If we wanna maximize happiness, if we wanna maximize joy and minimize suffering, and almost everybody wants to do that. There might be a couple of exceptions here and there, but just about everybody wants to do that. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't have time for ourselves or that we should give away all that we have until we are impoverished. That actually doesn't help. But it means that we should cooperate, we should share resources together, and act in compassion towards those in need which is probably everyone at some point or another. That's the way it will work best. I just read, and maybe you did too, that Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, just announced that he is giving away his fortune. Um, Bill and Melinda Gates, I believe, have been on a campaign to ask extremely wealthy people to give their fortunes away, or at least some significant part of it, and the CEO of Apple just announced that he's going to do that. What an amazing thing to do. I suspect that this is making him very happy. That's what I think. That he is joyful about this. I bet he's just happy as a lark. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he's going to save enough so that he'll be okay. He's not going to have to go down to the Methodist church for, for lunch. He's going to be fine. He's really, he is going to be just fine. Not going to suffer over this. I'm sure he's keeping enough, you know, to live well. He said he wants to put his nephew through college. Great. Wonderful. 
What an extraordinary decision. Imagine how many people will be affected by his action if he gives away you know, huge amounts of money to different organizations. Imagine how much that will ripple through the world. What an amazing thing to do. Our actions have effects, and that's the nature of living in an interdependent world. Everything we do has some effect. It may not be large, but it does have an effect for good or for ill or some combination of ill. Look at this poor young man who did this horrible thing with the airplane. Look at the effect of that action the powerful effects on the people who were right there who lost their lives, but the entire world is affected by this. People, everyone has been touched in some way. So what we do matters. What we do matters in the world, and it, it doesn't mean that such a dramatic thing happens all the time, but it means that all of these actions are felt by other people in different ways. So it matters what we do. And it's better to do things that create positive effects. It's a better way to go. Not just the Dalai Lama, but many other thinkers argue that our civilization moves forward primarily through cooperation. Our advances are primarily through cooperating with each other. We gradually learn after many bumps in the road and many uh, events of trying other possibilities, we gradually learn that helping each other and pooling resources works for the benefit of all. And working for the benefit of all works for us as individuals too. It increases our happiness. It's like Janet said, the, the student said, oh, it's too bad you don't get paid. What a shame it is. You're not, you should get a cut of this, you know. But that's not why people do it. People feel the positive effect of that. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel connected. It makes us feel worthwhile. It makes us feel like we're doing something for the world. We see some kids smile. It's good enough. And so gradually we learn as human beings is that cooperative and compassionate work is what pays off for us and creates a world that we want to live in. When we bring our dish to the potluck, we get to participate in a huge feast that doesn't happen if we don't all bring our dishes. The, the act of doing that creates a new thing that wasn't there before. And it's something beautiful and something that is wonderful and that we enjoy. When I go over and see that dessert table, my heart just goes pitter-pat. I just say, I'm in love. But sensibly, of course. What a, what a great thing to be able to, con to create something new and exciting just from the act of sharing together and everyone contributing. What an amazing thing. Our world today is seriously in need of more cooperation and sharing. 
And we all know the challenges of war and climate change and poverty and greed and disease are extraordinarily serious. It is hard to imagine how these problems can be solved without people all over the world coming together to share ideas and resources and goodwill and mutual commitment. How else will these problems be solved if not through that way? Is there some other way to do it? I don't know what that other way would be. I really don't. So sharing and cooperation are not just a way to have a really good party. They are in all likelihood a necessary ingredient for human survival. These are not just idealistic dreams, but they're ultimately the most practical things we can do in the world. Our country right now is negotiating to try to keep another country, Iran, from developing a nuclear weapon. I think that's great. But how will we keep everybody in the world from having a nuclear weapon? Is that a realistic possibility? Is, is that going to work through having highly souped up military systems all over the place and then trying desperately to negotiate a treaty here and a treaty there? It will have to be done through conscious cooperation. There will have to be a time when we decide we want to cooperate rather than constantly deal with the scenarios of war, which will become progressively more and more risky at every moment. There won't be any alternative other than making friends. If someone sees another alternative, come and explain it to me. I just don't see any, I don't see any combination of missiles and treaties and terrorist societies that somehow all live in peace. It seems unlikely to me. I think the only thing will work will ultimately be to get together and say we're going to cooperate. And we will learn to do that and may take some very hard knocks along the way. I hope they will be minimal. Because we live in an interdependent world where different people have different needs and desires, yet all want to be happy. We need to promote the insight that the best chance for happiness is mutual cooperation. Making the world more like a potluck and less like a battlefield. When I look at those options, I am absolutely sure which one I want. I want the dessert table. The potluck is a great symbol for our church. It really strikes as the, at the essence of who we are as a community. Everyone brings what they can with their particular gifts and we create the feast and then we invite everyone to come and join in the feast. We invite everyone inclusively. Not being inclusive will not work as a strategy. Because not being inclusive is being at odds with someone and being in an adversarial relationship with someone and eventually that leads to dissension and eventually that leads to war of some sort or another. So that's not the way to go. That won't work. The banquet not the battlefield, is the place to be. I see our church and many other communities as well, thank goodness, as a kind of experiment 
to see if the potluck way of life can work. That's, that's one way of looking at this church. Can the potluck way of life work? And so we have a kind of ongoing experiment to test this way of life. We all bring what we can. Some can cook, some can sing, some can teach, some can care for the land, some can do social action, some can organize events, some can write plays, and some can perform in the plays, and some can sit in the audience and applaud. And everyone can do something, and almost everyone can do multiple things on that list, which is great. The accountant gets a chance to sing, and the engineer can play the lead in the play. What a great place to be able to do that. So everyone is part of the experiment, and everything each of us does matters. Everything matters in an interdependent community. Finances matter too, and finances are not separate from the spiritual work of the community. They are part of that work. They are part of it. And when we give financially, it's just like adding to the soup or bringing a dish to the potluck. It's the same kind of action. Our giving opens up possibilities that were not there before, just like bringing the dish creates something that wasn't there before. So our giving does that as well. It allows certain things to happen that would not happen otherwise. So we share in many ways. It's a multi-dimensional experiment. It operates on many levels simultaneously. Now, my perception is that our experiment here is linked to the welfare of the whole world. It's not that we're going to save the whole world, but it is true that the sharing skills we are seeking to develop are the same skills that humanity will have to develop to live on Earth, to live in a relatively peaceful way on Earth. And of course, one of the skills we seek to develop is to create larger and larger circles of cooperation with other groups. That means other religious groups, other non-religious groups, social agencies, District 150. We, we seek to create these circles of cooperation and extend them outward as far as we can. That, I think, is what peace is. Peace is not an absolute thing. It's not like everybody, everything is perfect and that's peace. Peace is when our energy is primarily flowing towards creating more and more circles of cooperation and less and less towards building more bombs and tanks. That's peace, or at least one picture of peace. It's a movement towards linking together in common interests so that everybody can enjoy. Everybody can enjoy the feast. And this, interestingly enough, also turns out to be the way to happiness. Because as we extend the self and see ourselves as more broadly linked and involved and in more loving relationships and giving more, we, we like that. It feels good. 
Go call up Tim Cook and ask him if he feels pretty good. Call him on his iPhone. I don't know if you can get through, but I'll bet he feels good. So we have one of these experimental sites of the great human experiment right here. We're, We're one of the sites. And there are lots of other sites, too, thank goodness. All kinds of religious organizations and secular organizations and nonprofits and social agencies and communities of friends. But we are one of those places. And we are trying to demonstrate that caring and sharing and compassion will create a better quality of life. The early results are hopeful. What we have seen so far is hopeful. So I really hope you want to give this experiment a try or continue this experiment or bring some new depth to this experiment. Bring a potato, bring a carrot, and put them in the pot. Bring all your money and put it in the pot. No, I didn't mean to say that. Not all of it, no. Just give what you can from your level of caring and generosity. Why be generous? Because you can create new possibilities that will not exist without your generosity. That's the reality. And that we also know that overall generosity leads to happiness. So it's a double payoff. Our lives as individuals, communities, and indeed our whole planetary community will thrive as we activate our natural desire to share, to play together, to join in common purpose, to make peace and not war. As we go with that natural tendency, we will thrive. That is the Earth's great experiment. And it's not only fun to try this, but it's extraordinarily important for the future of humanity that we begin to develop these skills and enhance them and enrich them and use them more and more. It has an effect on everyone. Would you rather go to war or to a giant potluck? I know that those are not the only two things that can happen in life, but they are two major tendencies. They really are. How fortunate it is that we can make that choice. I don't know about you. I suspect I know your answer. But I know that I like the potluck. That's my idea of a good time. So let us set the table and enjoy the feast and then open the doors wide and ask everybody to come.